What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another edition of Hooked on Fantasy, usually hosted by Luke Sawhook and myself, Hutchison Brown. But Luke Sawhook has been doing a lot of travels lately. He's traveling back to Cincinnati, so uh, he's not available for a podcast. So I'm solo and showing it today. Solo showing it, so you got Hutchison Brown for Hooked on Fantasy, just me. And we're to go for 20, 25 minutes. We're going to be talking about some fantasy football wild cards. We're going to be looking at some situations that are really, really questionable. Maybe some players that have been worrisome so far in their performance or really good in their performance so far. And we're going to talk about do what, what do we need to do looking at them towards the future. Should we buy this player? Should we sell this player? How should we look at this player's outlook? We're just going to be talking about some wild card situations and going through them. So before I get into this show, Please follow me, Luke, on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Sawhook. I'm at HutchsonB underscore FF. We both do fantasy football content across the industry, and we're both young. We're both aspiring fantasy football analysts. You know, Luke's like 22. I'm 17 years old, and uh, we're, we're just having a great time out here doing fantasy football content. So if you leave us some love, uh, we appreciate you guys a lot. So without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Let's start with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow so far has been a really disappointing fantasy football quarterback. He hasn't had a top 20 finish among quarterbacks yet on any week this season. He's been a very disappointing player to start in your fantasy football lineups. And it's really been due to a calf injury. I mean, Joe Burrow's calf injury has really held him back so far. And it's not just the calf injury, but it's also the fact that due to the calf injury, he can't move in the pocket and he's getting pressured at an extremely high rate. Right now, he is third among all quarterbacks in knockdowns. So he's getting hit and knocked down the third most, the third most times in the league. And when you look at po- average time, um, sorry, average times in seconds between the snap and throwing the ball, or under pressure, like how many clean seconds does he have? There's only one quarterback in the entire National Football League, one starting National Football League quarterback, that has less time than him, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Joe Burrow is averaging about 2.1 seconds before he's under pressure, and that's really, really bad. And the thing is, Joe Burrow, due to his calf injury, he can't move. He can't get out of pressure. So watching the Bengals games, it's just Joe Burrow sitting still in the pocket, and right now he's essentially playing as a one-read quarterback. He doesn't have time to go through his reads. He can't escape the pressure. He's gonna, he can't escape the pocket and make plays with his legs like he normally can because of that calf injury. So... For fantasy football, a lot of people want to say, buy low Joe Burrow, buy low Joe Burrow. In a dynasty, I get that. A dynasty, totally get that. If you want to buy low, go for it. But this season, I'm actually pretty concerned about Joe Burrow. It's quite similar to what we saw with Justin Herbert last season. When you look at Justin Herbert last season, uh, he started off really slow, and people were like, what on earth is going on with Justin Herbert? Like, what is happening? What is What is going on? And then he came out... And still, throughout the middle of the season, like the first couple weeks, he was fine. He was okay. Uh, He had some inconsistencies throughout the first few weeks. And then he was still met, even through the next few weeks. The end of the season is really where he started to crush it. You know, weeks 11 through 14, putting up four quarterback one weeks. Like, that's where he really started to crush it. He finally started to get over his rim injury and get through it and break through it and finally have that breakout season or finally have that push through with the rib injury. I expect the same similar things for Joe Burrow. A calf injury is something that lingers. It's a it's a muscle injury. It's something that's going to linger and possibly re-injure itself throughout the year if he gets hit too hard, if gets hit weird in one place, it's going to re-injure. And it's really really concerning fantasy football. Right now you can't start Joe Burrow. I mean, as I said earlier, he hasn't had a top 20 fantasy football finish 
And there's only been one game where he's thrown a passing touchdown this year. Only one. He's thrown two. He threw two touchdowns in that game. It's been a disaster for the Bengals' offense so far this year because of Joe Burrow essentially not being able to move and get out of pressure. And it's going to continue to be this way as long as he's not healthy because the Bengals' offensive line is not playing well. And if Joe Burrow can't escape pressure due to that injury, he's not going to be able to do fantasy football. He's not going to be able to do good things for fantasy football. So I would do Joe Burrow. I would not drop him because I've seen questions on Twitter where do I drop Joe Burrow for this player? Do I drop Joe Burrow for this player? Do I drop Joe Burrow for that? Do I... Like, people are asking that legit question because looking at his performance in a one-quarterback redraft league, he's not really someone worth rostering because he's a backup quarterback at this point. If if the name wasn't attached to him, that's where the stats are at. I wouldn't drop Joe Burrow because you can still get value for him. There are many people that will be, that believe that Joe Burrow is going to have a giant bounce back and it's going to it's going to come soon. Me on the other hand, I don't think it's I think a bounce back will come eventually when he's healthy, but right now we're just it's not going to happen. And especially looking at his matchups, you know, he gets Arizona Seattle the next 2 weeks, that's great, and then the bye week. After the bye week, if he doesn't get healthy, he's going to have some massive problems. He has San Francisco, he's Buffalo, he has Houston, who don't let up points to quarterbacks uh, because they only let up points to the run, and Baltimore. And then he gets Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Like, he has some tough matchups after that bye week. And if he's not fully healthy, he's going to get destroyed. So I'm quite concerned about Joe Burrow for fantasy for the next, like, six, seven weeks. So if in a redraft league, I just don't really want to hold on to him. I'd want to trade him away and get him off my team because I don't want to start him. And maybe if you can buy low towards the end of the season or if, you, if you're if you unsuccessful in trade, just hold him on your bench for now and see where he goes towards the end of the season. Because the end of the season schedule, not looking too bad. He has some nicer matchups. And hopefully by then he could be healthier. But moving on to the next player that is a wild card in fantasy football. We are talking about Jamison Williams who is finally returning from his suspension this week. This is going to be his debut for the NFL. Uh, he barely played at all last season. Last season, we just we barely saw him play. He wasn't really on the field at all. He only had one catch. It was a 40-yard bomb touchdown. It was a great play by Jamison Williams. He showed off his speed. It was a broken coverage. It was completely just a broken play, but he was able to make a play downfield. But other than that, he literally did nothing. He had one catch the entire season. Uh, he didn't play the whole season, obviously. He only played, like, the last six games, but barely on the field, barely got snaps, barely got targets. This year, however, we're looking at an offense where they're, they need pass catchers. They really do. Sam Laporte has been fantastic filling in as a second receiver outside of Amona St. Brown. Jameer Gibbs, Dave Montgomery have, have been in there for the pass catching game here and there, mostly Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Khalif Raymond has filled in here and there. Josh Reynolds has filled in. But James Williams comes in. He's a first-round pick. I'm... Honestly, not too optimistic for him. I know I just kind of set it up for me to say I'm optimistic. I'm not super optimistic. The way that the Lions beat reporters and the way the Lions players have been talking about him, the coaching staff, it hasn't been extremely positive. It's been, you know, we want him involved at some point. We want him to be a serviceable option serviceable option for us. That's been the general consensus of the reports. Out of coaching staff, out of beat reporters, like that's what it's been. That's not great, crazy positive. I feel like when you have a first-round pick coming back, from a suspension you're like we want to get him in we want to get him active Let, let's go we're ready for this player if you really were that excited for him you'd be saying those kind of things hearing the not hearing the like okay we want to get him involved we want he's a serviceable option for us that's kind of concerning and also with his abilities i mean he is an all-around good wide receiver but his main threat is down the field and they need a field stretcher 
I feel like that's going to lead to being, him being pretty inconsistent for fantasy football. And with Sam Laporta showing out with Monroe St. Brown being a Monroe St. Brown and Josh Reynolds being a serviceable wide receiver, I'm not sure that there's going to be enough to go around for James Williams to truly have like a massive role in this offense. So obviously there are a wide range of outcomes here because he's a first round pick. He could be that talented. He could be that guy and he could come out and just dominate and earn a massive role in the offense. I see the likelihood that he doesn't and is a very inconsistent option in a fantasy football. So if I were you, I would be selling in redraft. I'd be selling off that first round pick, that that high draft capital, that speed. I'd be selling that off if I were you. All right, so the next player we're going to talk about, a player who's been a wild card so far in fantasy football. Man, I mean, there's so many, there's so many names to bring up. I want to make sure I hit the ones that I really, really want to bring up. I want to talk about Romeo Dobbs for a second, the Packers receiving room in general. But Romeo Dobbs has been a player that's really interesting. He currently, on the season, has 30, or 25 plus 8. <laughs> Sorry, 25 plus 8. 33 targets on the season. 33 targets on the season. And he currently, in fantasy football, is dominating. I mean, over the last two weeks specifically, he's had 12 and 13 targets. He's currently the wide receiver 16 in fantasy football in the season, and he has three games in PPR above 17 fantasy points. He's just crushing it right now, and he's the clear first read for Jordan Love. There were reports this offseason, very small reports, but there were reports showing that he is the number one read for Jordan Love right now in the offseason, in the preseason, in camps. He was number one read, not Christian Watson. It was him, and it's proving to be that way. I mean, Romeo Dobbs... I don't, I don't understand why I didn't see this coming, to be quite honest with you. Romeo Dobbs, I loved Christian Watson. I thought he was a fantastic talent. But Romeo Dobbs really looked good early in his rookie year. He was getting tons and tons of snaps, and the injury kind of derailed him for the rest of the year. But you have Romeo Dobbs here. Then you have Christian Watson, who he's been fine. Nothing ridiculous so far. Uh, he did have a nice touchdown in his first game back. But other than that, it's just kind of been... It hasn't been much, really. I mean, like... I mean, sorry, he only had one game. Sorry, my bad. He only had one game, and it was four targets, two receptions, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Hopefully, he can get more involved moving forward. But how Romeo Dobbs has been playing, it's going to be very hard for Christian Watson to earn that wide receiver role and role. And then looking at Jaden Reed as well. Jaden Reed has been an interesting option. I really liked the pick, honestly. I thought maybe potentially a bit of a reach, but I did love the player. I think I thought Jaden Reed was a really talented player. And Reed so far has really gotten on the field as the third wide receiver in this offense. He's had five, eight, seven, and five targets, two, four, three, and three catches. He had a game with two touchdowns that was just unbelievably insane in week two. But other than that, it hasn't been great for fantasy. I just don't think he's ever going to hit a... I don't think he's going to jump Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs. I don't think there's a ceiling here for him. There could be a floor play if Jordan Love really steps up his game in terms of yardage and starts to get the ball around a lot more often. But other than that, I just don't see a world where Jaden Reed really steps up and gets himself into a fantasy-relevant role, sadly. But the wide receiver one battle for the for the Packers is going to be quite intriguing moving forward. I mean, Christian Watson's rookie year showed so much talent. He is built like an alpha wide receiver. His speed and size combo is is freaky good. It's freaky good. But Romeo Dobbs has just been a consistent, great wide receiver one for this offense so far. So we'll see how the rest of the season plays out. If I were to make a bet right now, I would bet that Romeo Dobbs continues his dominance. I've been a big Christian Watson fan, but Romeo Dobbs has been playing at a really good level. When you look at his route run, when you look at his, when you just watch the film on him, he looks the part. He really does. And he's built to be a wide receiver one as well. 
He's over 200 pounds, 6'2". This dude's a monster. So I am really, really excited to see uh, Romeo Dobbs moving forward. Christian Watson could get fantasy relevant here and there. He could have some big plays. But I think Romeo Dobbs is going to be con more consistent as the wide receiver one for this team. So next player I really want to talk about in fantasy football that's been a bit of a wild card so far. I want to talk about the, the Steelers' backfield. Now, this hasn't really been a wild card. This has more been a disaster. <laughs> the Steelers' backfield has just been a egregiously bad. I mean, Najee Harris has been one of the biggest busts in fantasy football. Right now, he's currently number 37 running back on the year, and he doesn't have a game of 72 rushing yards. He has zero touchdowns on the season as well. His yards per carry has been, it's been okay. But when you watch him play, he looks, he looks fine. He does look very slow, but he's strong. He's physical. He's powerful. But he's really, he is really getting crushed by this offensive line. That's been the problem for the Steelers run game. The Steelers offense in general, besides their quarterback problems, the offensive line has been a disaster so far this season. I mean, they just can't stop anything. It's like it's a wall of paper, essentially. Like defensive lines are tearing them apart, and Najee Harris is getting tackled in the backfield, getting hit in the backfield constantly. And so is Jalen Warren, but Jalen Warren has actually been able to battle that and be good and look explosive with the ball in his hands. And did you actually know that Jalen Warren right now is tied for third among running backs in targets? That's right. I'm not exaggerating. He's tied for third among running backs in targets. 22 targets on the season so far. Especially uh, in the last, like, I mean, he's had six, six, four, and six targets in his, in his first four games. I mean, if he wasn't getting that work, he'd be a disaster for fantasy football. But so far, he's proven to be an okay flex option, currently a top 25 running back on the year. Looking at his backfield moving forward, it's just bad. I don't want either of these players on my fantasy team because it's clearly a committee. Clearly a committee. When you look at the snaps, you look at the touches, everything shows that this is a complete committee the offensive line's disaster and is not getting any better and the quarterback situation with Mitch Trubisky now starting we have no idea what it's going to look like but I project based on how Mitch Trubisky has played so far in his career that's probably going to be a bad offense still with Deontay Johnson still injured with Kenny Pickett potentially coming back off injury within the next couple weeks he's looks bad I just I don't want any pieces of this offense besides maybe like George Pickens and Deontay Johnson when he returns but this backfield, you don't want a piece of. You just really, really don't. All right, so another wild card we have to talk about in fantasy football. Man, I don't want to talk about this player. I really don't. But it has to be talked about. Kyle Pitts. I, I the, the Falcons receiving room in general has just been so stupid. You know who's leading the Falcons in receiving yards right now? You want to know who's leading the Falcons in receiving yards? Is freaking Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith, he flashed with the Titans, was nothing with the Patriots, and all of a sudden he comes in here, age 28 years old, is currently the number 11 tight end on the season without a touchdown, and is dominating. In the first week, he played 50% of the snaps, no targets. In the last three weeks, six targets, eight targets, six targets. And he's currently leading the team in receiving yards. Almost leading the team in targets, too. It's just ridiculous right now. It's just absolutely absurd. And Drake London and Kyle Pitts have been struggling as a result. Drake London for fantasy football currently in PPR is the number 52 wide receiver on the season. He just hasn't been that guy. I mean, he's been getting decent targets, but 
their Desmond Ritter targets. He hasn't been able to make much of them. And then Kyle Pitts as well. I, I tweeted something earlier today about Kyle Pitts. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up real quick. I have a list of players. Here, I want to show you guys a list of tight ends who have more receiving yards than Kyle Pitts right now. Ready for this list? These are all tight ends who have more receiving yards than Kyle Pitts. Durham Smythe, Tyler Conklin, Luke Musgrave, Zach Ertz, David Njoku, Jake Ferguson, Noah Fant, Cole Komet, Jonu Smith, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry. These are all players who have more receiving yards than Kyle Pitts this season. Kyle Pitts currently has just over 120 yards on the year in four games. He's been a disaster, and honestly, he's unstartable in fantasy football until further notice. I think when Taylor Heineke comes in, I think you might have more upside here because Taylor Heineke is someone that targets the best players on the team. He targets the most athletic players, he targets his guys, and he chucks the ball down the field with no fear. We clearly saw in Washington, you know, when Carson Wentz was the quarterback in Washington, Terry McLaurin was just averaging barely over 10 points a game in fantasy football. But when Taylor Heineke was starting, Terry McLaurin was a wide receiver one in fantasy football. It was a clear difference. And I expect that to happen in Atlanta, too, if Taylor Heineke eventually starts, which at some point in the season, he probably will. Desmond Ritter is looking like a garbage can right now on the field. He looked like arguably the worst quarterback in the entire National Football League, to be quite honest with you. It just hasn't been great. So uh, speaking to Kyle Pitts, I don't think you should start him in fantasy until he shows something. And that's kind of it. I mean, it's four weeks in. It's not like we're like, oh, it's only two weeks. Give him some time. No, we're four weeks in the season. He's done nothing. You can't start him again in fantasy until he shows something different. And I don't think that's going to come until Taylor Heineken comes in. And I would say the same with Drake London. I mean, he's had two double-digit double point games so far this year. So I think he's fine to start as a flex, but it's a risky flex that you're taking there with, with Drake London. So next crazy, crazy situation I want to talk about is, is Justin Fields. Now, Justin Fields, so far this season, the first three weeks, horrific, was on pace to have his worst QBR, worst completion percentage of his career in the NFL. And he's played bad his first two seasons. Cena was on pace to be worse than that. He really he was terrible in his first three weeks. And then all of a sudden last week, things changed. Things completely flipped on their head, and Justin Fields looked like a fantastic quarterback. To be quite honest with you, like, I went back, made sure I watched the film, got in on him, and he genuinely looks fantastic. I mean, in the first half, he was 15 for 15 until a Hail Mary, which was, ended up being incomplete. That was his first half stats. And overall in the game, he was 20 to 35. That's an 80% completion percentage, 230, I mean, 335 yards, four touchdowns. He did have an interception, and he did have a costly turnover uh, towards the end of the game. But overall, he played really well. He played really good football. He was under pressure a lot from this Broncos defensive line, which is surprising, but Chicago's offensive line was just that bad. And he made some throws in some really tight windows. There was also a play that I thought was just incredibly smart football play. It's something that Patrick Mahomes has done a few times this season or just in his career in general. But Justin Fields, they're on like the three-yard line, about the score. And Justin Fields gets a snap, and he starts rolling to his right. He starts looking in the, in the pocket, and he starts rolling to his right. He's keeping his eyes downfield, but he starts threatening the run. He starts going up towards the line of scrimmage and pulls the defense the entire time. Now, Justin Fields that last year or two years ago would have made a desperate dive towards the end zone or try to just get out of bounds. Justin Fields this year, he kept his eyes downfield the entire time and then just 
when the defense came up, like three or four players came up after him to make a tackle, just lofted it up, and Cole Komet was sitting there wide open in the end zone. It was a beautiful, beautiful play from Justin Fields, and I think something changed with a new with a new offensive coordinator, new offensive system. I think something actually changed. And this week against Washington, who are below average against quarterbacks so far this season, I think he's a fantastic fantasy football play. I think he's right back in your laps, locked and loaded. If you can still buy Justin Fields in Dynasty, which you definitely can because Dynasty managers were panicked. I think it's a smart choice. Now, I wouldn't break the bank for him because the Bears currently hold the number one, number two pick in the NFL draft. So if that continues, then they might pick Caleb Williams' number one pick. But I think if you can get Justin Fields for cheap or relatively cheap, I think it's a decent move to make because if he can continue what he did in this game, there he, he's gonna have he's gonna make a good argument for himself to stay as the quarterback for the Chicago Bears and for them to trade down out of the number one overall pick or just pick somebody else. So I'm really excited for Justin Fields to be he can do the rest of the season. Just keep an eye on it. But it, it's been wild so far this year with him. It's been really, really wild. All right, but that's gonna be it. For Hooked on Fantasy, thank you all so, so, so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please follow me and Luke Sawhook on Twitter. I'm at HutchinsonB underscore FF. Luke is at Luke Sawhook. We'll see you all next week. Hopefully, we'll be back for live stream. Uh, usually, we live stream Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern and then post it on Thursday mornings. But Luke couldn't make the live stream and couldn't make a podcast. So, I decided to record this one myself, give it to you guys. So, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody.